parties are the time to have a blast and the break from the constraints of everyday life. Since the orgies of antiquity and the carnivals of the Middle Age, festivals, celebrations and other events have been a chance to let go of everyday life, where all the excesses usually forbidden are allowed, where pleasure takes precedence over the rules of daily life. Such total immersion in the here and now provides a sense of escape, a moment in which tomorrow seems to disappear from our minds. With climate anxiety taking its toll on many of Europe's youngsters, war at the bloc's borders, the pandemic continuing to rear its ugly head and another major economic crisis looming, it's no surprise that many wish to put their sense of responsibility to one side to let off steam for a few hours. But does letting our hair down have to mean letting go of our environmental convictions? Danita Zaricinova from Bulgaria's For the Earth Association expressed alarm in a conversation with our colleagues at BNR. When I see the pictures of some festivals, it looks more like an environmental disaster than a musical and cultural event. What are the main forms of pollution in a large public event, such as a fair or a festival? Annick from Belgian radio station RTBF put this question to Samuel Chappelle, director of the eco-responsible La Semo Festival a festival for all the generations with music, games, workshops, parties and conferences on sustainability. It welcomes 30,000 participants over three days and takes place in a park in Anguin in Belgium. The first thing, generally speaking, is mobility. There are a lot of vehicles, a lot of visitors moving around, and also, to some extent, artists and speakers and so on. So that's really the primary impact. The second impact is often linked to food, because thousands of people obviously eat. This food has to be produced, prepared, processed and consumed, and it will obviously generate waste. And then there are other elements that have less impact, everything to do with the year-round organization, because there are people who work all year round. Here, the logistical equipment and infrastructure is mainly rented, everything related to the sets, the scenography. So there you have it. In terms of the carbon footprint, the carbon impact, it's really first and foremost mobility and transport, then food, and then, to a much lesser extent, a range of other things. The elements to be taken into consideration are therefore numerous and complex as the event must be considered in its entirety, from mobility to the rational use of natural resources, from sustainable catering to the ecological organization of waste and so on. The labor of Hercules actually knows, says Julia Mafalda, CEO of ETI, an organization that implements green solutions. She spoke to our colleague Kasia from Polskie Radio. As an organization that creates and implements green and ethical solutions for companies and events, we know that it is possible. Among the many suggestions we always include are proper waste segregation, reusable or at least biodegradable crockery, the reusable ones can use a deposit system. And it doesn't have to be a ceramic plate. 
We also focus on photovoltaic stations for food trucks, cooperation with artists who create art from upcycling, in other words, transforming waste into something new like event decorations. Compost toilets, a selection of ecological and local products and services in the festival offering. We also always discuss transporting festival goers to the venue, but this is their decision. It's left to the organizer to educate and promote the best solutions, but also to allow participants to get themselves there together, whether by bus or train. Proof that you can do better can be found in several Polish festivals, which in cooperation with us have generated significantly less waste and carbon dioxide, and much of this waste has been recycled. An example from abroad is the Norwegian festival Oya, which not only serves all meals in compostable packaging and drinks in reusable ones, but also segregates waste into as many as 16 parts, 60% of which are reused. This is just an example to show that anything is possible. All it takes is willingness and commitment. But if some event organizers are already on the path to sustainability, many don't know when and where to start, explains Ines Eirich. She is a trainer in sustainable events at Zero Waste Lab in Portugal and is interviewed here by Cristina from Radio Nascença. All events right now want to be sustainable, not only because of the European directives, not only because of all the measures that are coming out, not only because finally, finally, it's fashionable. Things are progressing slowly but surely. There are people who already understand that this has to be done from the beginning. There are others who come to us two months before the event asking for sustainability solutions, when sustainability has to be considered at least nine months to a year in advance. So why ecological goodwill seems to be growing in these event sectors and among festival organizers, many still lack foresight and a more global perspective, as Katja Sresh from the Slovenian NGO Ecologists Without Borders tells our RTV slow colleagues. First and foremost, event organizers need to have environmental conservation very high on their agenda right from the initial planning phase. Because once we hit the implementation phase, it's too late. At the very beginning, we need to think about what waste will be generated at the event and how to avoid it. How will visitors get to our event? What will they eat? What will they do with leftover food? They need to get in touch with a humanitarian organization that will be available on call and will be able to distribute this food to those in need. In short, planning and thinking ahead. And less is always more. As much local plant-based food as possible. These are all ways in which we can help to preserve the environment and things we need to think about when getting organized. The same goes for private events, such as weddings and birthday parties. While there is often a focus on reducing waste, many other things are overlooked, says Greta Ashmantaite, an organizer of green events. She was speaking to our colleague Auguste at Lithuania's Gini Radias. 
When it comes to a wedding, the first thing we do is find out the needs, wishes and dreams of the young couple. How do they want to get married? And then my colleague and I sit down and try to come up with an idea of what that wedding might look like and what we could do to minimize the pollution. It's about decor. It's about seasonality. For example, in terms of food, when we are choosing dishes, maybe we encourage more vegetarian options, or at least mix it up, keeping the season in mind. Similarly with flowers, maybe buy them from Lithuanian farms or choose smaller businesses. There are a lot of little details that help to minimize the pollution of the whole event. It's the little details that come together to form the whole, isn't it? Ashman Taite also notes that while almost every detail of a celebration can be replaced fairly easily by a greener alternative, people make little efforts to find these alternatives. There are, however, some success stories where certain habits become more and more popular and eventually become a kind of fashion. For example, second-hand wedding dresses. This said, the way events are approached in sustainability terms remains inconsistent, with a tendency to focus on more trivial details, while neglecting elements with a major carbon impact. When a Danish couple choose to tie the knot on a Spanish island, for example, forcing all the guests to fly, while congratulating themselves on choosing a second-hand wedding dress, well, it may seem absurd to some, but as they say, every little counts. In the EU, new laws are being passed to support our individual efforts, for example by pushing industry to phase out the production of non-recyclable items after news at parties. For instance, Brussels has significantly reduced the use of single-use plastics, which were widespread at festivals, fairs and similar events. These include cutlery, food and drink containers, plastic bags and ticket pouches. Most of these items can no longer be sold on the European market, while the rest will be subject to measures including a separate recycling target of 77% of plastic bottles by 2025, rising to 90% by 2029. Well, in this context, event organizers have found alternative solutions to avoid producing too much waste during the festival, such as providing reusable items. It just requires a little more organization, explains Danita from Bulgaria's For the Earth Association. In fact, the best way to avoid this is the deposit system for cups. And why not for food containers too? There are reusable cups. In most cases they are also plastic, but reusable, which is the point. You go to the entrance and when you present your ticket, you get a cup for five Bulgarian lev. At the end of the festival, you can return it or keep it. This also applies to organizing a children's party. And remember, kids are always ready to get their little hands dirty. Tini Muriki, an educator and mother of two, Delsina, a journalist for German media outlet AMS. When we throw a party, we try not to buy everything new, not plastic crockery again. And you don't always have to have matching decorations for every child's birthday party. You don't have to buy the mermaid set, then the pirate set the next time. We do a lot of crafts, typical things like gluing clear paper onto jars. You get a nice table decoration. 
preparation. The children always have fun cutting out confetti themselves. Just take some coloured paper and punch the holes. They love it. We use newspapers to wrap presents. My daughter always likes that too. She then picks flowers from the garden and sticks them on. We also reuse flyers as confetti. So to bring this podcast to a close, let me summarize the tips that we have heard over the course of these interviews on how to make sure that the night of letting our hair down does not make Mother Nature's hair stand on end. Firstly, every event must be considered in its entirety, from mobility to the rational use of natural resources, from sustainable catering to the ecological disposal of waste. Secondly, we must plan ahead and follow up after the event. Thirdly, we must make an effort to find solutions because there are many of them out there, as well as associations ready to help. And it's possible to go even further. For example, event organizers can use carbon calculators to accurately assess the carbon footprint of an event so that the organizers and all the participants can offset the carbon emissions produced through certified organization. These sell carbon credits from greenhouse gas reduction projects such as wind farm, biogas or forestry projects. But let's return to the La Semo Festival in Belgium, where we learn that every detail has been thought of to keep pollution to a minimum. You can bring picnics, as long as they are not packed in single-use packaging, and refillable bottles. The material for the scenography, cardboard, textiles, etc. is reused. The festival is held close to a train station and the list goes on. The organizing team wants to show that sustainability doesn't have to mean foregoing fun and frolics. As Samuel explains to RTBF, his festival wants to prove that partying and sustainability can go hand in hand. Ever since its creation, La Semo has always sought to work on these issues. We had the impression about 15 years ago, when we launched La Semo, that on the one hand, festivals and events were often places of waste in the broadest sense of the word, and that sustainable development was often associated with somewhat negative things, deprivation, moralizing, etc. So we wanted to show, on the one hand, that it's possible to have fun in a different way, and on the other, we wanted to associate sustainable development with a big party, with a positive, festive moment. And now, 15 years later, we are still convinced this is the case. It's important to bring people together in a positive way around the issues and values of sustainable development. Here, there is never a moralizing message. Instead, we try to show alternatives, to put a spotlight on people who come bearing solutions, and to show both the public and the sector in our own small way that things can be done differently, simply. It's very exciting to put our creativity to work to come up with solutions for tomorrow's world. It seems clear that celebration and sustainability can be reconciled if they are properly considered from the start. This will allow us to live for the moment without regrets in the future. Stay tuned for another episode of our Green Deal podcast. Bye.